You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic on Bloomberg Radio. Yes, indeed. You are listening to Bloomberg Business Week. And one of the stocks, really, and one of the companies on our radar today, really, I have got to say, for the past couple of years, it's a company that's been one of the Bloomberg 50. We're talking about Chipotle Mexican Grill. And Chipotle profitability jumping in the first quarter as it benefited from a rebound in sales and higher menu prices. So great to welcome back uh, to Bloomberg Business Week, Brian Nichols, CEO of Chipotle Mexican Grill. He joins us uh, from Denver. Uh, Nice to have you back with us. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Well, Brian, talk to us about the quarter because it continues to, you know, I feel like you continue to hit and surpass expectations here. What's working so well at the company? And I know you and I have talked a lot about the digital strategy and that really has been paying off, but what's really just firing on all cylinders here? Yeah, look, I think we've got our company and our people uh, focused on the right things. So I, I talked about this in the earnings call, which is, you know, obviously we're a restaurant company, so we have to be hiring, training the best people, creating the right culture in the restaurants so that we provide the great culinary experiences that we can at our restaurants. And so we started there. And uh, from there, we wanted to make sure we had more accessibility. And that's really where the digital focus has come in, as well as our in-dining room experience. And as you mentioned, we've made tremendous progress on the digital front. We actually had uh, record sales for the quarter. Uh, we did over $870 million just in digital sales, uh, which you know was up in a big way. And uh, you know that's because we're giving more customers more access. And with that digital ability, uh, it's really convenient whether you want to order ahead and pick up, order ahead and grab it from your car, order ahead and have uh, it delivered. And then now with COVID cases on the decline, vaccines going up and more places opening up dining rooms, we're seeing people come back into our dining rooms for that great experience as well. How would you characterize capacity right now compared with pre-pandemic in the actual restaurants? You know, so in our dining rooms, we probably have recovered about 60 percent of uh, our dining room business. We're optimistic that that's going to continue to climb as more and more places become more and more open and uh, people get back to their normal routines, you know, taking kids to school, going to work, um, whatever your normal day looks like. The thing that's really great news about this is while our dining rooms have recovered, uh, our digital business has not really uh, seen any cannibalization to meaningful levels. So that's why you see the record sales in digital, even while our dining rooms are coming back. That's pretty remarkable. You expect that to continue even as the world continues to reopen, Brian? You no, know, I do. I, I think people by nature want to be social. And one of the more social things to do is uh, have lunch together, have dinner together. And then also, I don't think this is changing. When people get back to their normal routines, they want access to great, clean food in a customized fashion in a convenient way. And, you know, Chipotle is that, right? We're food with integrity. Uh, It's totally customizable. And, uh, you know, the speed is pretty amazing. So uh, I think it's going to continue. And I believe people will continue to come back to the dining rooms and they're going to demand more access digitally. You got to be able to do both. What was more important, the stimulus checks that came out from the government or the handcrafted uh, quesadillas? (laughs) I'm just curious, what had a bigger, bigger (laughs) impact on the bottom line? Well, you know, what's definitely clear is both uh, played a really good role. And uh, so, you know, obviously the stimulus payments are a point in time. Uh, versus the KCD is going to be around for a long time. And uh, so we're optimistic about where we get to with the addition of the KCD and the business. And, uh, you know, I think 
putting our food into this uh, really portable solution, which is, you know, the quesadilla, it's just fabulous. So I don't know if you had a chance to try it, but if you haven't, I, I highly encourage it. I love me some quesadilla and yours included, but it, was it really 10% of first quarter sales? That just like blows my mind. Yeah, no, it came out of the gates really strong. And uh, the feedback from customers has been really excellent. You know, they, they love the experience. They love being able to you know get their guac or queso or, you know, pico de gallo with our quesadillas and uh, the digital experience has been really phenomenal. So yeah, you know, it, it's a great start. A lot of new people came into our business. Uh, I think it was the highest level of new users to Chipotle in the month of March. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that we brought the quesadilla out. Hey, Brian, I, I know digital was, was so big for you this last quarter and over the last year, but you're also thinking a lot about restaurants looking to close to double or more than double the footprint in the US and Canada. Uh, in the coming years. I'm wondering how you're thinking about the restaurant experience on the other side of this, because we do know that there's likely going to be some sort of hybrid work environment where people are going to be working from home and Chipotle has been huge for people uh, who are working uh, in offices, right? This is what they grab and go and they get for lunch. Yeah. So how are you thinking about locations differently? And also how are you thinking about store uh, design differently to imagine some sort of new normal on the other side of the pandemic. Because I'm also thinking there's some real estate deals out there right now yeah. because of the pandemic. Yeah, you know, look, uh, you're exactly right. We believe there is a lot of opportunity for us to build a lot more Chipotle's, right? We're just shy of 3,000 today. You probably saw in our release, we opened 40 new restaurants in the first quarter. Um, you know, we've guided to doing about 200 new restaurants this year. Uh, and ultimately, we want to get to, you know, five, six thousand plus restaurants. Um, so as we think about the design of these restaurants, though, we want to make sure we've got great accessibility. So if that means you're coming in for a dining room experience, you know, I think it's important to have a great seat with great music, get your food quickly, get exactly what you want and get on with your meal. And I think that trend is not changing. Um, and then the digital, we've added more access by providing this Chipotle window where you can order ahead and pick it up from your car. And, you know, that's been a phenomenal uh, breakthrough for us where we see our, you know, our total business goes up as a result of it, but our digital business increases and predominantly increases with the order ahead and pickup business, which is our most profitable transaction. So to answer your question, I think the good news is we're really well positioned for the hybrid work model, the return to work model. Uh, you, you can insert whatever normalcy is the new normal, um, we're ready to go because we've got access for all of those occasions. And, uh, you know, I'm confident that food with integrity, customized at a great value is going to continue to win the day. And where does where does order and delivery uh, come into this? Because I know that's something that you talked about in the call and in the release yesterday and the cost of actually getting that burrito, that food to the consumer. That's expensive. How do you lower that cost? Yeah, so look, we would love to find ways to lower the cost of the delivery channel. Uh, that's why we're experimenting and investing in companies like Neuro, where it's an occupantless, autonomous uh, vehicle. Uh, until then, though, you know, obviously, we want to get as efficient as we can in that channel. Uh, but those costs obviously make delivery a more premium convenience. And so uh, what we've seen is people understand that. And uh, we pass those costs on in order to get that premium uh, convenience, you know, there is a price to pay for it. Um, but we would love to find ways to lower that cost so that, you know, we don't have to charge that premium.
Hey, one thing I want to go back to digital, if I can, Brian, is you recently launched a digital-only restaurant that's up in, uh, I think, Highland Falls, New York. How is that doing? And I'm curious if there's plans for, for more. Yeah, it's doing really well. Uh, thanks for asking. And yeah, we'll, we will be doing more. Uh, I would say in the U.S., it's more of a fill-in strategy. Mm. Uh, you know, so think of some of these markets where, um, you know, you've got a lot of Chipotle's already. We want to give people that additional access. Maybe we need, frankly, you know, you got the Chipotle doing three, four million dollars. Um, if we could put in another restaurant, do it all digital, one, it'll make the experience better at that one Chipotle. Uh, and then also gives people a better digital experience. So I think there's opportunities there. And then there are trade areas like Highland Falls uh, where it just makes sense to have a digital only restaurant. And so where those present opportunities, we'll obviously do that. But the majority of what we'll continue to build is a, you know, a, a, a Chipotle that has all the access points, right? The thing that's great about Chipotle is we have a kitchen that is doing real culinary, fresh ingredients. The guys are just cooking up unbelievable chicken, steak, uh, and then that kitchen services these two businesses, right? You got the digital ordering business and you got the customer that comes in, moves down the line. And we've got the capacity off that kitchen to service both of those experiences. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of room to grow still in the digital business and we've got a lot of room to grow on that uh, dining business. So uh, I, I love the situation we're in right now. Brian, I know you guys didn't come out with, um, I think, a 2021 uh, comp sales forecast. There are still concerns about COVID and the impact. Tell me about the visibility you feel like that you do have, or is it maybe at the end of the year, do you feel like you'll start to feel more confident about visibility? Yeah, look, I, I think it's just uh, us being uh, aware of what's happening, right? You see some regions where COVID continues to spike and uh, you're hearing a lot of good things as it relates to the vaccine. Uh, so as I think we just get further into the year, uh, you'll get rid of some of that, um, I guess, volatility associated with COVID. Mm. Uh, and then that gives you more confidence sharing, you know, a, a number. You know, obviously we plan accordingly um, for a certain response to our initiatives. Uh, but, you know, when there's external factors like COVID going on, uh, I think the prudent thing to say is, hey, look, I think we've got the right plans in place to navigate it. Right. Um, but it really doesn't make sense to commit to a number. Hey, what confidence do you have, too, about food costs? I know that was one of the issues, certainly in the quarter. And is it just an issue until supply chains kind of get back up and running post-pandemic? And I'm also curious about workforce and finding workers. I know you and I talked, you know, over the last year or so, and workers have some, something that's kind of always on your mind, and you were concerned about it, you know, workers being sick or not being able to, you know, have the necessary workers that you needed. So where are you on that front? Yeah, sure. So first on your question around um, the supply chain, the good news is our supply chain has really held up uh, through the entire pandemic. Our team has done a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, I, I, it's really impressive to see how they've been able to keep us in business with all the ingredients that we need all the way to the packaging that we need. So fortunately, we're not seeing a whole lot of inflation or supply chain challenges right now. Mm. Um, and then on the labor side of things, you know, uh, as we mentioned in the quarter, our business really started to accelerate when we got into March. And as a result, we were playing a little bit of catch up with hiring uh, so that we could staff accordingly to the business. And the good news is that accelerations continued in April. So we're continuing to put the foot down on hiring more people. When we put our effort out there to go hire and let people know Chipotle's hiring, 
we're having really good success. Um, you know, I think the challenge for us, and I think we've talked about this in the past, is once we get these people hired, how do we get them to understand the career opportunity, the development opportunity, where you can go from here, uh, so that they can stick with us beyond the 30, 60, 90 days, where you see a lot of turnover in the restaurant industry. And I think that's where it's getting even more competitive, uh, just because everybody is trying to figure out how they can hire for kind of the business response that we're seeing right now. So we're committed to a great employee value proposition. We're also committed to people understanding, hey, look, you can really grow with our company. You know, we're adding all these restaurants. We are, you know, gonna build organically. Uh, so, you know, if you stay with us, you grow with us, uh, good things happen for you personally and professionally. How do you do that from a wage perspective? What's the starting minimum wage there right now? And how do you see that going up? Yeah, so our, our average wage is just a little bit north of $13. And then obviously in the cities where minimum wage is at $15, we're above that. Uh, so we've always been a, a payer that's above minimum wage. And the reality is, you know, you don't really stay wherever your starting wage is that long. You know, if you stick with us for, you know, six months, 12 months, two years, but you can find yourself as a general manager running a restaurant of 35 people, uh, you know, multi-million dollar business, you know, making sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 with, you know, cash and bonus. And hopefully also you do a little investing in our stock uh, and good things happen for you, uh, both near term and long term. So um, that's what I mean by really getting people to understand, look, you may come in as a crew member today, but if you stay with us for six months, you'll find yourself being a shift manager, a kitchen manager, and then and you can find yourself being an apprentice and then ultimately a restaurant manager. So there's just a great career path um, if you commit yourself to the profession. And is this playing into you guys are offering, from what I understand, some degrees, right, in agriculture, also in culinary. I mean, this plays into it, what you're doing, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. And we see a lot of our employees take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great program. Uh, it is a tool for retention as well. Um, because we find the folks that do these programs, higher percent of them end up getting promoted, ending up being general managers. I mean, one of the things I'm really proud of is, you know, I think it's just in the last year we promoted over 13,000 people, uh, which is just, you know, it's, it's terrific. It's, it's what we want to do as a company. You know, we're really an American company, right? We have 100,000 employees pretty much all in the United States. We're just getting started in Canada. Uh, but, you know, we, we provide an opportunity for people that get a great first job that can turn into, uh, you know, a career that goes well beyond just the first job aspects that our industry provides. So there's something we really want to ask you. Go ahead, Tim. Oh, I, well, I, <laughs> there's a lot that I want to ask. Let's start with menu innovation, though, because uh, you were at Taco Bell for years before this, and you were known for doing sure. big menu innova innovations there. Chipotle, Chipotle's menu, though, it's a lot simpler. And when you add something, it's a, a really, really big deal. When you think about menu in innovation, take us into the process there. And, and really, what can you tell us about what you have in the pipeline? Yeah, sure. So we use a uh, very disciplined approach to our creativity and uh, culinary innovation. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of great things just over the last couple of years, right? We've had carne asada, cauliflower rice, uh, these new tractor beverages, did a new queso blanco, uh, most recently the quesadilla. Uh, you probably saw we're testing a smoked brisket. Mm -hmm. um, we're also going to continue to uh, learn about new plant-based uh, proteins. 
Uh, and I'm really optimistic about that as well. So you'll see us continue to explore places where consumers are asking us to go. But I also love the idea of our culinary team leading people, right? The fact that we have sofritas, barbacoa, carnitas, uh, these are things that lead people a little bit in their, you know, call it palate discovery. And uh, you're going to continue to see us doing that. Uh, while also listening to consumers, you know, the, the number one request from our guests was make us a quesadilla. Um, so we can do both. And that's how we kind of take the approach. It's like, let's see if how we can meet what they're asking for. And then let's also lead um, in the culinary world as well. I remember when the Sofrito was announced and I remember being in one of your test kitchens and it was really a lot of fun to see and hear everybody talk about like kind of how they came to it uh, and then actually sample it. All right. So the big question we really wanted to ask you is, are you guys even considering thinking about accepting Bitcoin? <laughs> uh, Everybody's no, talking right about now. No, <laughs> it's not. It's nothing that you guys I know, ever. I know. Not something you guys talk about. Well, you know, it, to say we've never talked about it, uh, sure, we've talked about it, but we've got no plans to do that right now. All right. Good. The other question, uh, any plans to add Bitcoin to your balance sheet? This one comes from a <laughs> listener who got in touch ahead of this interview and they found out we were interviewing you. Elon Musk has added it to his balance sheet. But if you're not accepting Bitcoin, I imagine that you're not adding it to their balance sheet. No, we're going to stick with cash. Uh, <laughs> Old know, school. The good news is we've got over a billion dollars in cash. And I, I, I like it that way. Uh, so... It's a good spot to be in. Well, you know, are you at a point where it sounds like it because you're talking about adding new restaurants, you're thinking about, you know, the future. Are you internally with your team, Brian, thinking about, OK, post pandemic, what is Chipotle? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, and look, as I mentioned, I, I do believe we will become a company that's got 6,000 restaurants. Uh, I do believe we'll be a company that has, you know, average unit volumes well beyond two and a half million dollars with margins, uh, you know, 25% plus. Um, so it's, it's gonna be a great returning business. It's gonna be a great culinary business and it's gonna be a great culture. And that's why today we have 100,000 employees and the not too distant future we'll have 200,000 employees. And uh, we're very optimistic about where we go from here. We're going to continue to invest and innovate in technology, both for how our employees do their work, as well as the experiences that our customers have with Chipotle. And uh, we're not slowing down on that. And we're not going to slow down on our culinary commitment to food with integrity. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah. we're going to continue to work with local farmers, regenerative farming. Uh, you know, we, we believe there's a right way to raise animals and food. We think how we grow our food right. really can dictate the future uh, and so uh, that's a really important piece of the puzzle for us. And, you know, we're not slowing down on any of these fronts. Brian, is that getting to be an easier process? I'm curious about that regenerative farming. And I feel like it was a, it's obviously still a smaller part of the ag industry. But is it getting easier? Are there more suppliers, more people getting involved? You know, I, what, what we do is we commit to uh, some of these local farms that are transitioning to you know, organic or regenerative farming long-term contracts that gives them the stability to do it. And so as we get bigger, we're able to do more good in this space um, because obviously, you know, when you've got 3,000 restaurants today on your way to 6,000 restaurants, we can commit to these guys to be partners well beyond just right now to support them in the approach of how they raise the animal, how they grow the food, uh, and then obviously everything else surrounding farming. So, you know, I think it, it gets... Uh, it gets better for the farmer when you have big players like Chipotle 
uh, really taking a position to support them through the transition. But yeah. look, we could use a lot more suppliers. Uh, we could use a lot more animals raised this way. Um, you know, it's it's the right thing to do, and uh, we're committed to doing it. Hey, Brian, I want to ask about taxes. As Bloomberg News has reported today, the president eyeing a capital gains tax as high as 43.4% for wealthy Americans. But I want to talk corporate taxes with you. What does it mean for Chipotle if the corporate tax rate goes from 21 to 28% or even up to 25%? How does that affect your business? Yeah, well, look, it, it affects us, obviously, because we're a U.S. company. You know, uh, we do all our business for the most part in the United States. Uh, so, you know, the corporate tax rate going up uh, has an impact on our earnings. Uh, and, you know, obviously we'll figure out how to navigate that to invest in our company accordingly, uh, both our people and our business. But sure, it's got an impact because, you know, we're not one of these businesses that's got uh, things happening outside the United States. So, right. um, you know, I know it's early discussion on this. I, I hope. Uh, I hope we get to have a discussion on it um, because I, I just want to make sure people really understand the consequences on American business. Well, what would the consequences for you be? Would that mean that you would have to change your goal of five to six thousand new restaurants or five to six thousand restaurants total? No, you know, look, that's what I'm saying. What we would do is we'd figure out, you know, as as everybody usually does, is you use some creativity to try and figure out how you can maintain. Uh, your growth trajectory in a new environment um but you know it's just really important that everybody understands you know the consequences of the decision um not saying that they aren't manageable uh but you definitely need to be thoughtful and uh you know i know it's the early days of this conversation and you know we'll look forward to being a part of that conversation uh, and hopefully people are willing to listen um, you know, we, we love being an American company. We love employing 100,000 plus people. We love being a growth company. Uh, hopefully folks will want to support that idea. Hey, Brian, just quickly, 30 seconds here. Uh, glass half full, glass half empty at this point. Certainly coming off of the pandemic. How does it feel right now? You know, look, I'm definitely uh, uh, moving more and more optimistic every day. Um, I'm a big believer that as more people get vaccinated, uh, we will get past COVID. And, you know, I also believe that in general, people are very resilient and uh, we will get back to, you know, doing the right things for each other, uh, our communities. And, uh, you know, I'm very much uh, half full. So, uh, and hopefully moving towards three quarters full.